episode 28. Everyone, on today's show, I have Tessa, who currently plays field hockey at Harvard University, just finished up her first season, and is looking to make even a bigger impact on and off the field. What's the transition, you know, moving from England to Massachusetts? Because I know it could be hard moving from one country to another. So how was the adjustment and the transition like? Um, it was definitely a transition. Um, I'm half American, so I have like spent a lot of time in the US growing up, but I think up and moving your life to another continent, university was definitely a difficult decision, but mm -hmm. one that I'm very glad that I did. Um, I'm very fortunate that my sister had done it before me, um, and she's also at Harvard with me. So I kind of had someone who passed away for me. I would say the biggest difference was probably the hockey itself. An athlete in the US mm -hmm. is a much bigger deal than it is in England. And the support and also like the like, impression you give as an athlete here is much greater than right. England, which was actually a nice adjustment to make. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the, so what's the difference? You touched on, up on a little bit. What's the difference between athletics in London and then the college athletics here? So here is you're a student athlete, whereas in England, it's your student that just happens to play hockey or is uh, on a team, and it's much more of a social aspect than you being a competitive athlete. And I think because here you have support and admissions because they recognize the time commitment that being a competitive athlete takes, whereas in England, you don't get that support and that recognition, recognition isn't there. Um, so it's certainly treat you like almost like a professional athlete here, whereas in England, it's, that's not the case for university. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. That's nice to know. Was Harvard your only option when you said your final year of high school? Was was that the only place you was looking at in, in the United States? Um, no, so I was actually committed to Stanford, and it was the first school I looked at, and I had a good offer, so I was like, well, let's okay. get my best in that. Um, and I didn't want to go to school with my sister. Um, very close. I adore my sister, but we're in the same position. And I knew we would overlap for a season, so yeah. I was hoping to avoid that conflict. Um, so committed to Stanford, and after that, Harvard were like, oh, we're interested. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, like I really should have weighed up some options here. Um, but during the COVID pandemic, right before I applied to Stanford, I'd finished my application. They dropped, so it feels like a program. Oh, um, wow. I offer along with it. Um, so that was an adjustment. That was certainly a stressful time, but mm -hmm. I got in contact with the Harvard coaches very quickly um, because it was really my only other option. And I did look at some other schools just in case Harvard fell through, mm -hmm. but this was the only school I could see myself at, even when considering applying, like going to Stanford, I did have some major reservations that I think I would have done better here. So it, it did all work out. Right, it did all work out. And one thing you have to know is it was meant to be, and you're at where you're supposed to be at. The toughest thing as an athlete is to be somewhere where you're not supposed to be. And then that's when everything crumples down. So that was just a sign that you were supposed to go to Harvard, and, and you're at the right place at the right time, which is good timing. But speaking of Harvard, nationally known for a prestigious academic school, is, was it tough for you to adjust to the academic standard that you're accustomed to doing? Because Harvard is a... Prestigious academic yeah. school, like I said, and, and academics can be much challenging than high school, obviously. We all have to make that transition from yeah. from doing high school work to college work. But 
doing high school work to now going to Harvard and being at an Ivy League school? Yeah, it was definitely a shock to the system. Um, I took a gap year in between high school and coming to college because of the Stanford situation. Uh -huh. So I needed to take some time. I Harvard didn't have a recruitment place for me that year because it was so last minute. So even though I didn't particularly want to at the time, I took a gap year. Ended up being a great decision. Um, and so taking a year out of academics, and I worked in the real world. I was pretending to be an adult for the year. <laughs> and then coming back to school was certainly an adjustment. I Not only just coming from high school is it quite a big transition. I think just not having deadlines and doing classes you don't want to take and like that sort of pressure academically, I definitely needed a month or two to kind of get on my feet a bit because the excellence that's expected here academically yeah, is a sure. lot of pressure. What goals do you have for yourself for the rest of the year, just in life in general or on the field for next year? What are you doing to achieve those goals as well? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a goalkeeper um, and so is my sister, hence uh, the conflicts there. Um, yeah. Only one of us can play. And <laughs> I came in knowing that she would be the starting goalie and I accepted that. Um, I took the year to learn from her because I'd never really had that opportunity to play with her before. And as much as the competitive spirit in me hated that, mm -hmm. it was a very beneficial experience um, to learn from her as a leader, but also technically. Um, but uh, for the rest of the year, so we're in off season now. We have a mandatory break right now, but right after Christmas, we're right back into training. Nice. And I think it's really important that I, because I'm, I'm having a mentality of hoping to play for my next three years. Mm. And being a goalkeeper, you do have to have a very big impact on this team. Not only is like keeping the goals out of the net, but also as a leader. Right. Um, so coming in with that mentality does, like it needs a certain level of maturity. Mm -hmm. And as a freshman, it is difficult to establish that. I hope that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. But, um, yeah. And I think then academically, there is slightly less pressure from sport in spring due to the fact we're not playing. But right. I will have a much tougher schedule um, academically. So having to balance that is also going to be a bit of a challenge. What, what are you studying uh, currently? I'm doing engineering. Nice. And I chose a nice, easy degree. You said you was a goalkeeper and your sister is a goalkeeper as well. I think that's really cool that you and your sister play the same position. You don't have to come in right away and, and start right away and play. I think it's better for you just to learn from your sister. And then the next three, because you got three more years, so the next three years you can, you know what to expect and nothing will rattle you because you didn't shadow your yeah, sister. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Yeah, you're watching your sister. It's different when it's family. So I think that yeah. that, that plays a big part in, in to your success for years to come as well. We all know that a successful team, all your teammates are real close. That That's what makes a successful team. So what's the camaraderie and the relationship like with you and your teammates? So at Harvard in general, mm -hmm. um, obviously the biggest priority here is being a student over being an athlete right, um, right. Um, and that can really create a lot of stress for the athletes here and there's not a lot of leeway given to us um, because we do have to still meet the standards that the other students meet um, and as much as the athletics department try their hardest to support us there is ultimately not much they can do to relieve that those expectations and that pressure mm -hmm. so i'd say like your teammates are the cornerstone of like dealing with that like my first two months here 
but I didn't have my sister, my teammates here just to be able to talk about it and like talk about the vulnerabilities that you're going through. Definitely would have had a different experience um, because they are the only people that have gone through the same thing. Like no academic advisor is going to be able to help you with that because they're not managing the schedule that the athletes are having to manage. So just being able to walk into your locker room and sometimes just having to like cry before practice because you're so overwhelmed and you're trying to not let that affect your practice is actually really helpful as like just having the comfort of walking into your locker room and knowing you can be like that with your team. That's facts. And, and it's okay to let all that out. I mean, if you keep all that in and, and let the stress eat you alive, then it's, it's not going to do you no good. And we're old enough now where we can talk things out. That's why I, cre- I created this platform is because we can talk about our struggles and not feel ashamed and not feel embarrassed or not be labeled as weak or weak-minded because we're going through stuff. It's life. Everybody going through stuff. You know, mental health doesn't have a price tag on it. You know, rich people rich people go through stuff all the time. It is, it's just easy for them to pay bills. But just like someone who's coming from dirt, you know, they might be going through the same stuff as somebody that's rich, so it doesn't really have a price tag. And, and you showing your emotions and and having the capability of talking to your teammates just shows true value. How's your relationship with your coaches? Um, we have a very good relationship with our coaches. Um, our head coach, he, as far as coaches go, from the ones I've had in the past, he is definitely the most understanding. Okay. Um, he's experienced, obviously, like 10 classes now at this point of girls going through the stresses of Harvard. and. Yeah on the field so he is very aware that like sometimes people need a little break where they're gonna have a bad day and I think it's really valuable that he's understanding of that because there are several programs that don't have that mindset um because I think sports culture in general is taught athletes to build up walls and they say resilience which is a really important Mm -hmm. factor for an athlete but that is usually taken too far. And I mean, I've taken it too far and not addressed that there are some problems and stresses going on. Yeah. But you don't, I said, you don't want to seem weak and you don't want the negative energy you're feeling to be contagious on your team when you're practicing. So it's, it is a tough balance, but I think our program and our coaches do a really good job of trying to manage that the best they can. Nice, nice. What's the hardest thing that you had to adjust to on the field when you first got there? Was it the workouts? Was it the weight training? Was it just the competition in general? Uh, What was the hardest thing that you had to adjust Um, to? Several things, but I'd Mm. say first, from a personal perspective, um, competing with my sister and knowing that I wasn't going to start, which was a unique experience for me. I tend to be a starting goalie throughout my career. Yeah. And learning to take a step back and try and learn from her. Mm. Did take a preseason was a little tough, but um, (laughs) I can't say what it was. And I realized how beneficial that was actually going to be for me. Yeah. It got a lot easier. Um, also, just the time that you put into training. I practice a lot back at home because mm-hmm. you have club, school, national things. But here, it's with one team. You practice every day together with one half day. Right. And you're spending four or five hours a day together. And that was a very unique experience for me because usually it's, a team has never been that tight-knit for me. And mm-hmm. I think that was really quite special, actually. But it was very odd, to say the least, to go into that. Yeah, nice. What's your schedule like? Like, when do you guys start training for the season? Is it during the summer? Is it all early August, I believe? What's the time frame of the season? 
So the season's actually very short. Um, most programs, if you're not an Ivy, they will start preseason late July, early August. Okay. Because the Ivy League has certain restrictions, we have to start just after the middle of August um, for preseason. And our season starts the first week of September. And if you make the NCAA finals, your season would finish this coming weekend. Okay. Um, if you do not, your season finishes two weeks ago, so like the beginning of November. Okay, nice. Do you see yourself uh, winning a national championship while you're there? I do. I do. Um, okay. Our team made some serious headway. We were always considered the underdogs. Um, okay. Because Big Ten, the ACC teams, they were always the bigger names coming into tournaments at the NCAAs. Yeah, that's an average sport too. Yeah. yeah, and last season our team made it to the final four, which like shocked the nation. Okay, and I think our team is recruited very well, and we've also grown to have those expectations for ourselves and no longer see ourselves as the underdog. Right. So I think the disappointment this season when we didn't make NCAA's was quite telling of the fact that we have the expectation to win a national championship. Right. So now the bar is set high for next year. Your standards are higher. So now you know what to expect of each other. And that's like when I was in college and I was playing basketball, that's where we were. When I first got to college, we wasn't like really nationally ranked. And then we continued to grow and grow. And then by my junior year, it's like, okay, now, now we got to look in the mirror and be like, we are, everybody wants to beat us because we're the top dogs now. We got to act like it. And uh, we have small yeah. room for error. We can't be doing the stuff that that we were doing freshman year or sophomore year. So I think that's really that's really cool that that the team in general, your coaches down all the way to you know your teammates, y'all see the true value in y'all self and y'all's play. And I think mm -hmm. um, that that'll show in the years to come. I know we touched up on it a little bit, but what's your perspective on uh, on mental health? And was there a time frame that you? went through a bad mental state on the field, off the field, just in life in general? And how did you, how did you get through it? Um, I think obviously there's a few examples of when I've kind of hit a rough patch mentally. Right. Usually that tends to coincide whenever academics got a lot harder. Yeah. You tend to ramp up as well. So having both of those collide at the same time was always quite difficult to manage. Mm. But I would say my junior year of high school, um, I had been in the England system playing hockey. Um, I'd represented England for about two years at that point, and I didn't get selected. And I am very aware of why. I, fitness-wise, wasn't at the standard I needed to be. And very frustrating for me to be in a position where I don't really run. So I was like, well, and I had this mindset for such a long time of like, well, I I don't need to run. Like, why should that be held against me? Right. Like, I'm just as strong, if not stronger. And like, ability-wise would say I'm at the same level as any person in that team and mm -hmm. it was really difficult for me to comprehend their decision and I held a lot of anger towards it for a long time and that really affected how I played right. because I was just living constant like insecurity mm -hmm. but once I, I finally just had to accept and I did need my dad to tell me like no if you're an international athlete there's standards that you need to have of yourself even if it doesn't directly affect your play and really kind of needed that wake up moment to realize that I needed to get on with it and I needed to train harder. Right. And as much as that was a grind and it really was tough mentally to have to go through that pretty much alone because none of my schoolmates were going through that sort of situation. Wow. And my other friends in my club had made the team 
So it did feel very lonely and I didn't want to seem like I was that upset about breakdown to my dad and to my coaches that and I needed them to say to me, like, you are good enough, but you need to work on your running and that's like a non-negotiable that I kind of figured out that I was like, no, I need to turn this around, but I also needed almost the reassurance that I was good enough, just I needed to work on some things. All right. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. We talked about how you know, mental health is really an important topic and it's not talked about enough. And, um, and yeah, just thanks for sharing your journey and your story on that. Kind of impact and legacy do you want to leave before you graduate from Harvard? And my team has made some serious progress with it, with the whole mental health stigma, yeah. because we always had this expectation of no crying on the field, like don't let your emotions get ahead of you. Like, focus just on field hockey as soon as you walk across the bridge the athletics complex you do, you're not a student you're just an athlete and that expectation is actually really difficult for us because of course in the back of our minds we're thinking i have a midterm tomorrow or i have three papers i need to do and there's a lot of other stresses and instead of, we were being told for a long time to just think, like move on don't think about it when actually talking about it with our team like in the locker room before practice was mm -hmm the best way for us to deal with it so we can get the emotions out and then focus on hockey. And I think I'd like to continue creating an environment where it is okay to talk about those sort of situations, especially with like the next freshman class coming in because right. obviously they're not going to with us. And I think that's a big thing I want to help create is just a more comfortable environment for our team and hopefully that's infectious across teams across Harvard. It's just creating an environment where it is okay to talk about this sort of thing and help remove that stigma. Right, absolutely. And Tessa, another thing I want to tell you is the next three years is going to go by in a blink of an eye, you know. So you have to, for these next three years while you're at Harvard, you have to take it all in, soak it all up, and uh, put one front in front of the other each and every day and continue to get better, continue to prove on yourself being your mental health and your game on, on the field. But is this really important that you continue just to put one foot in front of the other. No matter what you're going through, Tessa, there's always a way out. There's always a way for, for you to improve uh, each and every day. There's always something that you can look forward to as far as uh, achieving another goal and another goal. You can only get better. There's no peak to where you can take it. You know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind for the next three years. When you, because you're going to, you're a bright young lady. You're, you're intelligent. Um, you got a bright future, especially at Harvard. Sounds like you're going to play the next three years. But just remember, when you start playing well and things starting to go good, continue, just, just remember that there's always something else that you can do more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's going to help you in the real world when, once you graduate. Yeah. And, you know, you're at Harvard, so it's, it's, it's really good that you, you can make connections. You can meet the next yeah. president at Harvard, mess around. So that and that's another and that's another thing about being in the Ivy League school is that you meet so so many powerful people to have a powerful platform, and and that and that can help you longevity wise. Don't don't ever think short term, mm -hmm. think long term. And um, mm -hmm. I just wish you nothing but the best. If you ever going through something, you can always reach out to me, and I'm always here for you. So just just remember that. All right, when when things get tough and you have no one to go to. I'm I'm here for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, thank you so much for having me on. I think it's actually really amazing what you're doing. Thank, I appreciate. Thank um, you for coming on my platform. I appreciate that.